You're listening to a podcast from 702. At 22 minutes to three, uh, we're focusing on a health matter, itching. <laughs> um, and I was uh, in a state about a month ago, itching nonstop thinking, what could this be due to? And upon visiting the doctor, it just turned out to be an allergic reaction to a new body lotion, prescribed medication. Um, and after that, it was all gone. Um, so that's what we'll be looking at for today. This health and uh, wellness feature is brought to you by SeptoGuard. SeptoGuard, your family's all-natural defense against infections. So have you ever been a, 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 a scratcher? <laughs> you know, have you ever suffered from severe itching in the past? I'd love to hear from you and about that diagnosis as well, because it looks like it could be a variety of things that cause the skin to itch severely. Joining us is a dermatologist and researcher at the University of Cape Town, and that's Dr. Nontlandla Kumalo. Thank you so much, Doc. Lovely, Lovely to be chatting to you again. Hello, Azania, and to your listeners. Now, it, it, it can be so bothersome. I mean, you know, it happens here yeah, once in a while, but when it becomes chronic or when you have to scratch nonstop, it can really be, uh, um, it can interfere with your life. It can, yes. But it also can be very easily treated depending on the cause. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the most important thing is to get, you know, seen by someone who knows what they're looking at so that a diagnosis can be made. So can, just biologically, um, can you tell us what actually happens when the skin itches? The commonest uh, mechanism is a production of a chemical called histamine. Mm-hmm. And what histamine does is it releases little cells that are called mast cells. I mean, it's released from little cells called muscles. And histamine causes your blood vessels to open up, and that's why the skin goes red, and then it causes this incredible itching. Yes, yes. And yeah. so just thinking and listening and talking about itching, I'm suddenly itching on my back. <laughs> you know, the back is really hard to reach. It's one of those impossible places. So yeah. that's why we treat it with an antihistamine then. Yes. So most causes of, histamine, of, of, of itching will respond to histamine, but not all itching is caused by increase in histamine. So not yes. everything will respond. Yes. So, I mean, the commonest causes really are to think about how dry your skin is Mm -hmm. because the drier the skin is, the more prone it is to to itching. And there are a few things that are very straightforward that worsen skin dryness and one of them is soap. Mm -hmm. So if you've got very dry skin, you are more likely to itch. So if you are itching, make sure that your skin is not dry. And to try and do that, avoid soap. And we we often recommend uh, something like aqueous cream, plain, no smell, uh, no color, Mm -hmm. as a soap substitute. So that is one easy thing that everyone can do. If you're itching, first thing you do, avoid soap. I see, because I was quite bored with the prescription because I thought, yeah, antihistamine, I kind of expected that. And then aqueous cream. Yes, (laughs) yes. Like you're trying to be fancy with those fancy lotions. Guess what? The basics will sort you out. Correctly. And I mean, it's the cheapest cream that you will get off off the menu of those uh, creams. It's a water-based cream, so Mm. it's not a good moisturizer. So it's good to use as a substitute for soap if you Mm -hmm. can't or are trying to avoid soap. Mm -hmm. And then again, of course, it also depends on what the diagnosis is. So if you've got um, once of all of a sudden itching mm. with wheels, those red raised lesions that disappear completely, yes. then it's quite likely to be an allergic reaction to something. Mm-hmm. And it could be food, it could be even a spice or a, a dye in the food or a tablet. So there are various things that can do it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so it's generally useful to look and see, have I eaten something unusual? And the, the interesting thing about those allergies is that sometimes you've eaten the stuff before and never had problems. Mm, so yes. something like, you know, lemon in some patients, all of a sudden they can develop a, an allergic reaction to citrus uh, f- uh, fruit and they've never had it pre- uh, previously. Mm. Um, Nikki on Twitter says, used to scratch my legs and stomach to pieces until I realized I have a sulfur allergy. Oros was the culprit. Um, and it can often be very difficult to determine what that uh, element is, what that substance is within, say, food or something like oros, which is a concoction of different things put yes. together that yeah. is causing the, the reaction. Yes, yeah, I know. It can be quite difficult. But the, the, the important thing to remember is not to avoid food, especially if it's a new onset. Yeah. Obviously, go back and say, what have I eaten that is unusual? Mm-hmm. So if, you've, if you, do, you don't normally eat shellfish and you've eaten shellfish for the first time and you get this reaction, then it is possible that it could be related to shellfish because we know that shellfish causes it in some people. Yes. Uh, peanuts, we know that peanuts cause, it, you know, cause this reaction in some people or nuts of other types. Mm. But the important thing is also to distinguish what we call mild reactions from severe reactions. And severe re- reactions are those that are associated with difficulty in breathing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can just be an irritation in the throat. All of a sudden you feel like your throat is a bit irritated and you feel like you have to clear it and it's a new thing. It can start like that. I see. Swelling around the lips, swelling around the eyes, those ones tend to be more likely to be more severe. So if you get, a, you get a reaction like that, particularly with things like shellfish and peanuts and things like that, you need to see someone quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Let's hear from Shane out in Lombardy. Hi, Shane. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. So I've got a little bit of a weird question. My husband moved to Johannesburg from Limpopo um, about, probably about 12 years ago. Mm. He's never had an issue with allergies before. And then he moved to Johannesburg and he sort of developed an allergy to what we have no idea. He's been to the doctor, his skin itches, he swells, his whole body swells. He's got like these rough bumps on his back and his arms and underneath his eyes. Um, and one day he went to the doctor and the doctor said it could be the water in Johannesburg. Apparently, um, a lot more chemicals are put in the water to make it lighter because it travels upstream. Mm-hmm. Um, we stick to bottled water only. Um, and he's never had an allergy to shellfish. So one day we went to, um, to Durban. He had some, some prawns and he developed this huge allergy exactly mm. the same as previously. Um, all of a sudden, um, and still up until now, we do not know what has caused it. It's never happened to him before. He stayed in Palabora before. It's yeah, yeah. never happened. And we, like, we struggle because it closes up his throat. His mm. eyes, so it's still burning. happening from time to time, Shani? It, it really just happens randomly. So, mm. um, yes, we've realized that fish now contributes to it, but mm. previously... He has had no issues with shellfish, so okay. he just all of all of a sudden developed this allergy. He used to take allergics quite often. The allergist has become um, it doesn't work anymore. He went on to apiloracidine. He's, he's gone through the he's gone through the, the whole range of them. It. But have you seen an allergy specialist? Um, so that's what we have not done as yet. Okay. Um, I, I guess that's the one thing that hasn't been done. Right. Well, but, let's, let's yeah, because it happens so randomly. Yeah, let's get Dr. Kumalo's view on that uh, because maybe a team of specialists might take, tackle this particular issue. Um, Doc, what do you think? 
So the first thing to ask is, is your husband prone to getting asthma or did he have asthma as a child? Does he get nothing, hay fever? Or has his family got hay fever or asthma or eczema, any of those? Absolutely nothing, but my son has developed eczema um, and and also that was random because nobody in my family has had skin issues. Nobody in his family has skin issues. Um, but my son, is he's very controlled. We, yeah. Okay. But so I think the thing is to go back to the family history for your husband. You you might find that your son is getting it from him as well. Mm-hmm. But if there is a family history, sometimes it's past, you know, relatives. Asthma, hay fever, mm-hmm. and eczema, those three, one or, or the other, does tend to make someone prone to developing eczema at a later stage. And it does also increase your risk of food allergies. Okay. So it's something that is very important to, to look at. You said your husband's involvement is all over the body and he's also got thick uh, bum uh, lesions on his back and around his eyes. Also yeah, involved. He, he literally gets the itch everywhere on his whole body and it's sort of like raised bumps. Mm. Um, it itches, it burns, it reddens. He's so dark, but it reddens. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that sounds like eczema. That sounds like chronic eczema, and he needs to see someone for that. At this late stage in life. (laughs) Yeah, you can get it later on in your life. So so that's why it's important to go back to the history. Mm -hmm. Um, He can give your your, your son company uh, in looking after the skin. So avoid (laughs) all soap, substitute with aqueous cream that doesn't smell. Moisturize as often as possible. The more you moisturize, the less dry your skin becomes, the less itchy it becomes. Mm. The less you scratch, you scratch, the less damage you cause to the screen. Absolutely. Because the strangest thing with eczema or any other itchy condition is that the more it itches and the more you scratch, the more it actually it becomes Exacerbated. a vicious circle, cycle. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's go to Peter in Bryanston. Thank you, Shane. Hi, Peter. Hi. Hi, Azania. How are you? Good, and you? I'm fine. I've got a nine-year-old son. Uh, well, it's not nine. Well, it's almost ten in ten in yeah. July. And he had extreme dry skin. Now, I wasn't sure whether it was because he wasn't staying in the country. He only started staying with me this year. Mm. But uh, I got some Ingram, triple, whatever, with glycerin or thingy. And then it worked like magic. He hasn't been scratching himself. But then I'm not sure whether this is going to come back, whether this is eczema or what. Okay, but you've solved it with that particular lotion. Yes. Okay. But I read up something that when you turn... Can uh, itchy conditions like some of, like the ones that I've mentioned disappear? So I'm not sure what's going on. Mm. All right, Dr. Kumalo. Uh, so that's a myth. They don't disappear, all of them, but there is a higher chance that you get fewer kids who started with eczema in childhood oh. outgrowing the eczema, and it's gradual. It's gradual. So we say roughly about 50% outgrow it at the age of uh, 5, and at 75% from the beginning will outgrow it at the age of 10. Mm. So as they grow older, it does tend to get less, but obviously there are people where it will continue, and sometimes it may just continue just as dry skin without active eczema. Yes. But that history is very useful. Family and personal history of asthma, hay fever, and eczema, they tend to go together. And it's chronic. It's about managing it, right? Because it is about could managing be triggers it, yeah. and it could be severe. But to I cannot, parts I cannot of... overstate the yeah. importance of moisturizing. All right. Yeah. Okay. So don't let him go too uh, go too ashy and too dry for too long, Peter. <laughs> Thank you for the call. And then Natalie in four ways. Hi. Hi, Asania. How are you doing? I'm good. And you? 
good, thank you. I've got a question for your dermatologist. Um, I suffered with urticaria as a teenager, mm. and um, it was terribly itchy. I originally thought it was multivites, and then when I realized it was big raised weevils, and I was scratching to the point of actually bleeding, wow. uh, um, and then my lips were swelling and my eyes were swelling, I was given an antihistamine by the doctor whenever these outbreaks happened, mm-hmm. and I sort of brought it down to I was allergic to preservatives. So anything like OROS or... Um, knickknacks or anything with any form of preservative and sort of brought it on. Um, I've outgrown it subsequently, but now I've got a one-year-old son, and he's starting to want to eat knickknacks and flings and oros and those kind of things. If uterus can be uh, a genetic predisposition, um, mm-hmm. and why would you outgrow it? What what would be the reason that you had it really bad, yeah. and then you've sort of gradually been able to introduce foods again, uh-huh. which have preservatives in, and I no longer get affected by it? Okay. The reason is because the human body is very complex, and none of us really understand what's going on. <laughs> Coming <laughs> from a really doctor, you're frustrating us. It's like, no, that's not the answer, no. The, unfortunately, it is true. The body is very, very complex. Mm. You know, you have one person who's never had an, an allergy, suddenly developing an allergy at the age of 60. And you have another patient who might have an allergy and they outgrow it. The more severe allergies tend to be lifelong once they develop. Okay. So those are the ones that we worry about, those that can potentially be life-threatening. Mm. And, the, you know, there is no saying what will happen with your child. So let the child eat what they want to eat. And then if there's a problem, only respond to that instead of avoiding the food. I know, because you said that earlier to say when something like this happens, it's not to mean, not to say that you must avoid the food, carry on eating. I'd say that. No, I definitely didn't. I wouldn't say that because the important thing is to look at the severity of the of the reaction. There are certain there are certain allergic reactions that can be critical, Mm -hmm. and you should not expose yourself. So if you've had a reaction to peanuts where you've had problems with breathing or swelling or Mm. closing of the eyes, then you must not. In fact, you must have an allergic bend and see someone and make sure that you don't get exposed to that. So okay. it depends on the severity of the reaction. Okay. And then the uticaria that she was asking about, is it, uh, can she pass it on to her children? Is it hereditary? So uticaria is exactly what we've been talking about. So the, the fancy name for wheels is uticaria. I see. Yeah. So she can. Yes. All right. Let's take a break. I'm with Dr. Nontlantla Kumalo. Got questions about itchy scalps, itchy toes. We'll tackle all of that later on. SMS Azania on 31702. We're back with dermatologist and researcher at the University of Cape Town, Dr. Nontlantla Kumalo. And we're taking your calls. Um, uh, is it uh, Hermian in Valterfreden Park? Yes. It's Hermin. Hermin. Um, good afternoon, go. Azania. Thank you for taking my call. Good sure. afternoon, Dr. Kumalo. Um, I had cancer mm-hmm. and I had chemo and from about a year ago, my hands started itching and that it gets so bad at night that I wake up that I've scratched it so much that it bleeds. Mm. And I've been to dermatologists, I've been to doctors, I went back to the oncologist and it seems like they always give me cortisone and as soon as I put more cortisone on it, it just gets worse. Do you have any advice for me of what I can try? Okay, so there are several things that can happen. Uh, Chemotherapy does tend to affect cells that are multiplying quickly. And for some reason, it does sometimes affect sweat sweat ducts. And some some people can end up with painful hands because the the hands have got a large number of sweat glands. Mm -hmm after chemo Mm. so sometimes it can be just painful or can go red or swollen or can be itchy and dry so it is likely that 
your hands are also quite dry as part of that. So there are certain things that you can try and do. Um, one can never overemphasize the need to moisturize dry skin mm-hmm. and itchy skin, any itchy skin. Mm-hmm. You can never overdose on the moisturizing. Okay. Even, even when, you, you know, you could even consider things like putting a thick layer of Vaseline at night and then applying a damp, warm cloth, something like a cotton glove or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because what happens with dry skin is that um, if you moisturize it, you trap the water within, the, within the, the, the layer of the skin, and that in itself reduces the dryness and the itch of the skin. Mm-hmm. So moisturizing, we call that treatment damp, damp or wet uh, bandaging. So damp wrapping your, thing, your, your, your hands at night. Mm-hmm. Um, will keep the skin cool, reduce the feeling of the itch, and as you reduce the feeling of the itch, you scratch less. As you scratch less, you reduce what I spoke about earlier, which is what we call the itch-scratch cycle. We have to try and find ways of breaking that cycle. Mm -hmm. Because the more you scratch, your nerves become more sensitive to the itch, and that drives the itch on its own. So we've got to try and break that cycle somehow. So I would wet wrap at night as much as often as possible. Moisturize during the day. Just carry some moisturizer with you. The thicker, the better. Mm-hmm. So we go for the Vaseline and things like that. And then you will find that when you do that, even the amount of cortisol you need goes much less. You need the cortisol maybe every other day or something like that. I see. Uh, okay. So those are one of those home remedies. But doctor, thank you so much. You mean the cortisol, the, the one that the doctor gives you? No, I'm saying this, uh, this is something she can do uh, at oh, home. Oh, yes, we, do. we also yeah. do it in hospital. When we admit uh, patients with very severe eczema, we also call, uh, do the, 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 the wet or damp bandaging okay. as well as part of the treatment. All right. Thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. Sure. Dermatologist and researcher at UCT, Dr. Nontlantla Kumalo.